Help me Echo Valley 100. And in honor of that special milestone of 100 episodes. Well, 99, really. We're going to take a look and a listen at bubblegum music. What is it? What's the history of bubblegum music? In the next hour, we're going to look at bubblegum music from the very beginning through the golden age of bubblegum. We're going to look at the official Echo Valley definition of bubblegum music. So if this is your first episode, if you've heard many episodes but you weren't here from the beginning, this is the time to stop by. This is the visit that pays that off. Pays that off. Pays off. That Let's look at bubblegum music, bubble music, bubble gum music bubble gum on this very special 100th episode of Echo Valley. Echo Valley. Well, that's 100 if you count those best of shows, I think, so it's not really something. It's Echo Valley, the biggest bubblegum sound on the planet. Here's Joey Levine. And we had a meeting with Cashness and Cashness, so they were interested in doing some stuff. And the first thing we did with them was they had some studio time, and they said, well, why don't you just go in and cut some things? And we cut Yummy Yummy. This is Echo Valley. I'm your host, Professor Bubblegum. What is bubblegum music? Well, as a professor and someone with a doctorate in bubblegum, the way I approach a question like, what is bubblegum music, is to do a review of the literature. Let's see how experts in the field of bubblegum music have defined this construct of bubblegum. Let's review the literature, and I've done that here, and I have a summary of that. Let me share with you some definitions of bubblegum music from the experts. Here's a definition that comes from Bill Pitsanka, music critic. Bubblegum is contrived innocence that transcends its contrivance. And now from the book, Bubblegum Music is the Naked Truth by Kim Cooper and David Smay, they write, Tone down the lovey-dovey stuff and the blatant aggression and substitute lyrics that were just a half step away from kindergarten. Nursery rhymes are good, so are repetitions of baby talk phrases. Kids love to dance, so give them a backbeat that even the klutziest infant can't miss. A very strict definition of bubblegum insists on faceless bands, either shifting studio groups or music fronted by a television presence, usually a cartoon. And now Mark Deming, in an online review of an album also called Bubblegum Music is the Naked Truth, simple tunes with aggressive melodic hooks, nasal vocals, lyrics that combine playground rhymes with subtle or not-so-subtle sexual innuendo, and a hard-stomping beat often accentuated by hand claps or additional percussion. Bubblegum was a perfect analogy for this music. Sure, it's sickly sweet and not necessarily good for you, but those who say they don't take pleasure from this are probably lying. Chuck Eddy, in his book The Accidental Evolution of Rock and Roll, writes about bubblegum music 
its busting out pre-pubertal passions, cynical condescension, ingratiating meaninglessness, gum lays all its cards on the table, not disguising itself as anything it isn't. Strings lots of very obvious hooks together on a non-skewed straight line, so incontestably cute on the surface you just want to tickle them under their chins. Also, bubblegum songs have preposterous words that don't make any sense nor pretend to, though sometimes the gobbledygook uh, hid some quite naughty sentiments. There were plenty of lines about chewing and how sweet people were. Basically, something's genuinely bubblegum only if you can imagine Betty of the Archies shaking a tambourine to it. Don and Jeff Breithaupt in their book Precious and Few from 1996 talking about pop music of the early 70s. Bubblegum music is as old as Frank Sinatra and as contemporary as boy bands. The mostly pejorative terms were not used widely until the late 60s. However, when Buddha Records producers Jerry Kazanets and Jeff Katz gave rock and roll an extended sugar high with records like Goody Goody Gumdrops, Chewy Chewy, and Yummy Yummy Yummy, Bubblegum's guiding principle was, to use Rolling Stone critic Lester Bang's term, calculated innocence. Calculated. Let's see how those who made Bubblegum music define it. Let's start with the great Jeff Barry, one of the three or four most important names in the history of bubblegum music. Jeff Barry is a songwriter and producer, worked with those Phil Spector girl groups in the early 60s, and really helped develop the sound that later would become a bubblegum sound. He also produced the Monkees and wrote and produced for them as well as the Archies later on. Jeff Barry says this, talking about the time when he was writing music for the Archie's cartoon show. I had three and four-year-olds at the time. The Archie's were aimed at preschoolers. So who else was I going to write for except little kids? To judge the material as simplistic kid stuff is like some food reviewer reviewing a candy cane and saying the nutritional value is highly suspect. Tommy James, another important name in bubblegum music, singer and producer, was describing how he helped produce and rewrite his biggest hit, I Think We're Alone Now. This is from his book from 2010. Tommy James writes, We raised the key from G to A. Richie Cordell and Bo Gentry originally wrote the song as a mid-tempo ballad. I said no way and started speeding it up. I began playing staccato eighth notes on the bass. Bo began pounding out quarter notes on the piano. We continually switched tracks on and off, and in some spots left nothing but the bass and the drums. I then put on a nasally, almost juvenile-sounding lead voice, and without realizing it, we invented bubblegum music. Here's Joey Levine, another big name in bubblegum music. He sang for the Ohio Express Records and wrote many, many more bubblegum songs for Cazanets and Cats. Here's how Joey Levine defines bubblegum music. It was like, I think um, Neil Bogart coined the term bubblegum music, and Yummy Yummy, when we had produced the record, that ended up to be me singing on it, only because once again I put my voice down and, and kind of put it down so that the Ohio Express could learn the record, learn the song, and the next thing I know is riding home to my parents' house and I hear it on the radio, it's, oh my God, it, they kept my voice on it. And uh, so it wasn't by design, but then out of that song, it was kind of like the formula had developed. So then we started to cut songs that were of a certain vein and a lyrical content. And 
and uh, kind of eighth feel. We did a lot of eighth kind of chunk rock and roll, just, you know, a lot of things like that. So we did a lot of that stuff. Yummy, 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 I got love in my tummy, and I feel like I'm loving you. Here now is Echo Valley's official definition of bubblegum music, directly from my dissertation in bubblegum. He's a doctor. The genre of bubblegum pop has three somewhat distinct definitions found in the literature. The narrowest but most nomologically valid criterion is that only music produced by Casanets and Cat Super K Productions in the late 1960s and early 1970s is bubblegum music. They coined the term as an umbrella designation for the music they produced because it was just for fun and joyful, like bubblegum. Under this theory, songs from the Ohio Express... 1910 Fruit Gum Company... few other Super K entities or bubblegum and nothing else. Cause you're the girl in the world. You're a this definition has limitations, of course, as a musical genre is a category whose membership is defined by the intrinsic aesthetic characteristics of its members, not the identities of those who produce the music. Contemporaneous to Super K productions, fictionalized or completely artificial, producer-developed and producer-driven soft rock pop bands were created as vehicles for the release of teen-oriented records. These groups were sometimes portrayed by live actors, such as the Monkees, the Partridge Family, the Banana Splits, and the Brady Kids. Sometimes completely animated, often from Saturday morning cartoons such as the Archies, Josie and the Pussycats, the Groovy Ghoulies, the Hardy Boys, the animated Harlem Globetrotters, the Hot Wheels, and the Sugar Bears. Occasions, the performers were trained chimpanzees. As the music tended to be soft pop rock with catchy hooks similar to Super K Productions and meant for the same audience, it is common and reasonable to refer to these records as bubblegum as well. A third commonly applied use of the term bubblegum is the broadest, and refers to any pop music that is musically, or more commonly lyrically, simple, and aimed at young people whose musical tastes are naive and underdeveloped. This music tends to be upbeat, catchy, and danceable. This interpretation of the genre allows for the inclusion of teen idols, boy bands, and much of the commercially oriented pop. Under this definition, Sean Cassidy, Leif Garrett. And all the singing families, like the Osmonds, Jackson 5, Hanson, the Cowsills, and the DeFranco family, made bubblegum music.
One common thread across the multiple theories, which includes even the somewhat useless third definition, is an element of artificiality. Super K production so-called bands are often created in the studio one morning, dissolved by the end of the day, just to have a name to attach to a record. Even the more traditionally real of the bands, such as the Ohio Express and 1910 Fruit Gum Company, never sang songs they wrote themselves, and often were not even the voices on the recordings. Occasionally, they not even hear their latest hit until they heard it on the radio. One legendary Super K album was of a concert that never took place, featuring bands that did not exist. The animated bands were, of course, quite literally imaginary. As for teen idols and such, their success was based on appearance and the level of sexual attraction between their teenage fans and them. They did not write their own songs, so in some sense they lied whenever they sang, and even their hits were frequently remakes of pop tunes just old enough to be unknown to their fans. To simplify the official Echo Valley position on the definition of bubblegum, the Monkees' first two albums were bubblegum. Their third is not, but the fourth one is again. All the Archies music is bubblegum because they don't exist. None of the Beatles music is because they were real people who sang their own songs. Oh, and even though these don't fit into any particular category, these songs are also bubblegum. I think we're This is Echo Valley's episode number 100. I'm your host, Professor Bubblegum. To talk about the history of bubblegum music, we can simplify things by thinking of three important ages. From 1905 to 1950 was the Platinum Age. During this time, America's popular music was experimenting with novelty tunes, with making music whose only purpose was to entertain. The next period of time leading to the golden age of bubblegum music we can call the Atomic Age. This is 1950 to about 1966 when a new market in popular music was discovered and exploited and this was music made specifically for young people to buy. And then we'll end our look at the history of bubblegum music as we listen to music from bubblegum's golden age a short period of time, 1966 to 1970, when bubblegum, as we've just defined it, ruled the charts. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Ready to move up. Powered by the super sweet sound of sunshine, the Echo Valley time machine looks for the birth of bubblegum pop and travels back, back in time. In time. Since early in the 20th century, popular music has always included the occasional novelty tune, songs meant for younger adults that were often humorous, lighthearted, not meant to be artistic, just meant to be fun. Often they made playful use of sounds and nonsense words and rhythms. This period from 1904 to 1950 can be thought of as Bubblegum's Platinum Age. The Woodcut Song, sung by Mr. Bob Roberts, 80-song record. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck would? And how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck only could? Now a woodchuck would make wood and wood, but there ain't no reason why he should. 
the novelty tune in and of itself that in retrospect can be identified as the paternal grandfather of bubblegum music. It is a specific type of novelty tune, a record that focuses on sound and rhythm and sound as rhythm, all wrapped around a catchy pop tune. Here's a nice discussion of this type of music from an old-time radio show from December of 1950. This is The Big Show, and we hear a discussion of this sort of song between Bob Hope Tallulah Bankhead, Broadway actress who was the host of the show, and orchestra leader and Broadway composer Meredith Wilson. Bob, Bob, what was that thing? (laughs) It's not that thing, it's the thing. It's a piece of music that can only be written by a guy who can't read music. Meredith, have you heard of this thing, the thing? Oh, sure. It's one of those tunes that don't make any sense. You have to have them every once in a while. Like, I remember back in Mason City, Iowa. Oh, dear. <laughs> Meredith, we're not going on tour through that one night stand again. Oh, I was just talking about things like the thing, like we used to have. You remember yesterday had no bananas? Uh, that was before my time, darling. <laughs> Your time was before bananas. I <laughs> know everybody used to sing that song. I knew it so well. That uh, I could sing it backwards. Yeah, that should be very interesting. Oh, it is. It goes, Today bananas, no have we. Bananas, no have we. Yes. <laughs> and that's the thing. Oh, no. The thing came later. First, we had this. No 
that too. Here, uh, be my guest, Miss Bankhead. Here's a copy of the music. Just read that lyric. While I was walking down the beach one bright and sunny day, I saw a great big wooden box floating in the bay. I pulled it in and opened it up, and much to my surprise, I discovered a right before my eyes. Oh, I discovered it. Right before my eyes I turned around and got right out of run for my life And then I took it home with me to give it to my wife But this is what she hollered at me as I walked in the door Oh, get out of here with that And don't come back no more Oh, get out of here with that And don't come back no more The moral of the story is Open it up. That's my advice to you. Cause you'll never get rid of them. No matter what you do. Oh, you'll never get rid of them. No matter what you do. We're moving through the history of bubblegum music as we make our way toward the golden age of bubblegum. Our next stage is roughly the period from 1950 to 1966 called the Atomic Age. 
This was a period of time where popular music was moving away from big bands toward vocalist-centered songs and eventually towards rock and roll. Let's get a sense now of what it sounded like during that precursor age before the golden age of bubblegum. This is the atomic age of bubblegum, 1950 to 1966. Come on and dance with me. Go, 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 go. Into a trance with me. Go, 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 go. And try romance with me. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. I tore a putty tap, a tweet fell upon me. I did. I tore a putty tap as plain as he could be. Doggy in the window, <laughs> the one with the waggly tail. Mr. Simon, bring me a dream. Life would be a dream. If I could take you up in paradise up above If you would tell me I'm the only one that you love Life would be a dream Sweetheart, hello, hello again Shaboom and open with me to get boom I smoke kombucha, I smoke kombucha I went to Chinatown Way back in old Hong Kong To get some egg foo young And then I heard of Oh, dearly caught a nanny goat To make a pretty baby of Sunday coat Oh, dearly caught a bell cat Make a pretty baby of Sunday head. Doctor, I was in love with you. I told the witch doctor I was in love with you. And then the witch doctor he told me what to do. He said that. Where's 
tan shoes with pink shoelaces, a polka dot vest, and man, oh man, he wears tan shoes with pink shoelaces, and a big Panama with a purple hat band. Two, three, four, tell the people what she wore. It was an itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini that she wore for the first time
We're up now on Echo Valley to 1966. I'm your host, Professor Bubblegum, and I've given a lot of thought to which song indicates the start of the golden age of bubblegum music. There's a lot of debate among scholars as to which was the first true bubblegum song. We've heard a lot of records between 1905 and 1966 that could lay claim to being the first bubblegum hit. But I've chosen to start the golden age of bubblegum with Hanky Panky, the 1966 great hit by Tommy James. Hanky Panky was written by Jeff Berry. Jeff Berry, the producer and writer for the Monkees and the Archies, was sung by Tommy James, who had many of the great bubblegum hits. And it has a bit of a double entendre. The name of the dance, the Hanky Panky, could mean other things if you were old enough to figure it out. Let's spend the end of our program now hearing what bubblegum music sounded like in the golden age between 1966 and 1970.
the mic and sing something for us. Thank you. Now, give me back the mic. Let's talk to the astronaut who just finished eating. How's the food? Yummy, yummy, yummy. I got love in my Hey, little woman, please make up your mind. You've got to come into my world and leave your world behind. Come on now. Na, 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 na.
fantastic. Now tell me, how much do you love me? Oh, about this much? Mm, heavy.
the end of the golden age of bubblegum. We're almost out of time for this special 100th episode of Echo Valley. I'm Professor Bubblegum. My hope was to create a single hour of music that would provide a definition of bubblegum pop and a comprehensive sampling of the bubblegum pop sound. You and I, we have friends, family, loved ones who ask us, what is bubblegum music and what makes it so great? Well, here's a prepared response, a 58-minute argument that should answer all their questions. If they still don't get it, they're beyond all hope. I pity the fool. So I encourage you to share this. Send the link, send copies, point them to the Facebook page, point them to Twitter. Facebook page is Echo Valley. The Twitter account is bubblegum underline music, bubblegum underscore music. Point them to the YouTube video that Professor Bubblegum's put up called The Golden Age of Bubblegum Music. Thanks for listening. 
This is episode number 100. We'll keep going, of course. We'll keep listening to bubblegum music for the rest of our natural lives. In the meantime, if you want to email me, you can do that. It's professorbubblegum at hotmail.com. Come back again. So you know, long. we weren't signed to them, but we kind of did a lot of writing with them, and we did a lot of work with them until, you know, I think Kazanats and Cats made a, a big mistake. They had a lot of talented people who were cutting hit records, and they kind of just, uh, they kind of just um, took advantage of everybody. And it was like, after a while, it was like everybody just got tired of just getting a story and not getting paid so uh that's when Artie and I went out and we formed a little record company for a while but then as I um Artie and I formed a record company and uh we uh we had some success we had some records on there Bobby Bloom had a record Montego Bay was a big hit record and uh we had a record with uh actually pre-dawn stage Tony Orlando did a song For a complete list of all the songs of the Platinum Age and Atomic Age of bubblegum music, you can check out the Echo Valley Facebook page called Echo Valley, the original bubblegum music podcast. For a list of the songs and artists and a lot of information about the Golden Age of bubblegum music, check out the official Echo Valley YouTube video, The Golden Age of Bubblegum Music.